Welcome to our chat online. I am Jeff. And I am Dana. And we are back. I think this is episode 12 now. Mm-hmm. We got a good one for you today, too. We're going to be talking about some different things. We're going to welcome Ben in in just a couple of minutes here. Ben is always our first guest. And with Ben, we usually talk about politics and Joe Biden, inflation, and just things that are going on in the news right now. We always Current want to, events. Right. We always want to start out with that. After Ben tonight, we're going to be talking with a couple of nurses, a couple of registered nurses, and we're going to get to find out what it's like being a nurse in 2022. And Dana's a nurse, too. So you can pipe in at any time as well, Dana. We're going to find out what it's (laughs) like. I want to see what their opinions are. We'll find out in just a little bit. And uh, then, I tell you what, at the end of our show tonight, Jesse is back. Y'all remember Jesse was going to give us a review of that Jurassic Park movie. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? She saw it. And she's got a review, and she's like the biggest BTS fan. What do they call them? The Army. She's like the the captain in the Army. (laughs) And she said she's got some more BTS news for us. Some updates, huh? Yep. So she's going to give us those a little later in the show as well. Uh, We now want to welcome Ben into the show. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good. We're doing good. It's our uh, Friday edition. And Ben, as y'all know, he always joins us, and Ben is always willing to give us his opinion. Whether you like his opinion, whether you agree or disagree, Ben's going to give us an honest opinion. That's what we like. Ben, I got some topics for you today to see what you think. You know, freedom of speech, that's a big thing right now, right? It is. You you should be able to say whatever you want, shouldn't you? Yes, you should. And and, uh, it's hard because a lot of people, uh, they don't think you should be able to speak your mind anymore. There's a uh, three-star army general. He, uh, on his own personal Twitter page, he put something negative. It wasn't even something, nothing vulgar or anything, but something negative about uh, Joe Biden's wife. And uh, he has now been suspended from his duties because he put something on his Twitter page about Jill Biden. Well, what did yeah, he say? When you, well, it doesn't make any difference when you when you're in the military and you work for the federal government. You sign an oath of office to support and defend the United uh, United States of America, and uh, that also includes not bashing the president. And with him being with him being active duty military, um, that's why they came after him. But what happened to the the? freedom of speech i mean it's his own personal account i mean it's not like he was really going out in public it's it's his it's his twitter so you're just well, not allowed to do that if you're a civilian but not if you're not if you're working for the government huh. if you're working for the government you uh swear to an oath and uh they make you keep quiet about your dislikes for presidents and stuff like that when you're active duty. So when you were, active when you duty. were active duty, that's my question. When you were active duty, were you not supposed to say anything like negative? Oh no, oh no, no. They don't want you to. Um, they don't want you to say anything. They don't want you to do anything uh, derogatory that would make the military look bad. They wouldn't. Um, they don't want you to uh, stand on the street corner with a sign, um, you know, protesting or uh, standing up for a particular uh, candidate that's running for office. They just don't want you to get involved if you're uh, in the military. When they say the government owns you, they do. Yes. 
Yeah, sort of, and they do, yeah, because you sign a contract. What about when you're retired? If Like if this guy were retired as this general, are you allowed to speak freely once you're retired, even though you're getting retirement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once you're once you're retired and you're um, you're not under contract anymore. Um, How about this? Have you seen the latest numbers? Oh, this ain't going to surprise anybody. Dana, have you seen the latest numbers on Joe Biden? Mm-mm. His his approval Let me rating. Guess. His approval rating is. What is it? 30 percent or something? I was going to say 18. Right now, it says oh. nearly eight and 10 Democrats, actual Democrats, according to a new poll, are just uh, frustrated with Joe Biden. 85% of the adults say the country's on the wrong track. 85%. 79% say our economy is poor. And uh, it's just number after number. Look, even 67% of Democrats say Joe Biden is doing a terrible job. <laughs> I mean, that's that's as bad as you get. What yeah. is, what is going to happen, Ben, is that Joe Biden has said he is going to run again. But there are also a lot of Democrats who are considering running. I don't think the Democrats Democrats. are going to back him. A lot of Democrats. There are Democrats that I've seen many all over the TV that are pondering running. Wouldn't that be great if that just screw up the whole day? If we got like five Democrats to run, that'll be great. Oh, yeah, that that uh, that pulls votes from right from all of them. He's already old, but he's going to be too old. And well, he says he's running. He said he's running again because he honestly believes he's doing a wonderful job. He gets on TV and talks about the economy being the best it's been in decades. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. uh, You know, that that goes right into what I said before in an earlier in an earlier podcast that they're they're preying on the the ignorant voter, the ones that don't that aren't paying attention to what's going on in, in politics. And they're they're the ones that believe everything they hear. They see something on TV and they run with it. Right. Go with it. So right. you know, with Kamala Harris, if Biden does more than two years of his term, one day past his two-year mark, and he turns the presidency over to her, if he decided to do that, and she finished out his his four-year term, then she could still run for two terms. Yeah, wouldn't that, so wouldn't now that whether, be a disaster? Yeah, whether or not America would uh, elect her, uh, I don't know. I mean, I never thought they would have elected Obama twice, but they did. So, well, in, in reality, even if you go back to Trump, I never thought Trump in a million years would get elected president. But, yeah, he, did, but yeah. he did. But, you know, the thing is, I don't think Joe Biden would step down after two years because I really believe he thinks he's doing a wonderful job and I think he's loving it. I don't think he would step aside and let her take over. Because I think he's he's on top of the world. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with that. So I I think that uh, that's that's an accurate thing. But when his four years is up, you know, is this guy going to try to run again? I think he's going to be eighty something years old, right? Uh, he's announced that he was. Yeah, that he was going to run for president again. I just we'll see. Uh, Dana, you know, we talked one time about. Um, people landing on the moon. I don't know if Ben was on that show, if that, that might've been back when Richard was on it. And Dana, what about you, Ben? Dana believes that we never actually landed on the moon. <laughs> well, there's some people that think that, I mean, yeah, and Dana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm not sure she we actually we, made it we to faked the moon. It all. I didn't say we faked it. I just said we probably went somewhere, but I don't well, know that, that we made it to that the moon. That would be faking it. That's exactly what that would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some people that because the the flag was the flag was stood straight out, but there's no wind on the moon. So you know, I mean, there's there you go. Now, don't, t- don't give Dana any ammunition. She'll start spouting that stuff <laughs> off. 
<laughs> it would have taken quite a it would have taken quite of a feat for uh for us to leave the planet and go up there and land on the moon. But I actually believe they did it, but I believe you know. they did it. I mean, look, we now take off and go out to this space station way up in the sky and dock into the thing. Do you believe we're doing that, Dana? I think now we are. I'm not sure. Well, the moon's do. not even that far away. I mean, it's just right That's up there. It's like trillions of miles away, isn't it? They make it to the moon in no time. Okay. The cool oh, thing, Dana. 287,000 miles away or See? something, isn't it? See, Dana, we're about to drive 2,000. That ain't nothing. <laughs> um, Dana, you may not know this, but... Did you know this? I'm about to inform you. You're going to learn something. Most people are not aware that there is a graveyard for a human on the moon. Did you know that? Never knew that. No. And how do we know that that's true? Oh, goodness. Not back to that again. Well, I'm just saying, who's buried there? Eugene Merle Shoemaker. He was with NASA and always wanted to go to the moon. And he's one of our astronauts and scientists. And he died in a car accident before he got to go. And they actually put his ashes into a container and flew the container and crashed it into the moon. So his ashes are the only thing up there. Is that the guy that they named the comet after that hit Jupiter that was named uh, Schumacher-Levy 9? Yes, that is Schumacher-Levy Comet. Yeah. Yeah, his ashes are on the moon. See? What did they do? Did they dig a hole? and? No, no, no. They crashed the little spaceship into the moon. So the, it crashed into the moon, but his ashes were on that spaceship. So the spaceship has forever just, crashed on the moon. So his ashes are on the moon. Wow. They didn't bury him up there. I don't, you know, I don't know if they got dirt or anything. I don't know what's, I don't know what's on the moon. They got rocks, though. That's for sure. Just to, you don't even know what's on the backside of the moon. You never see, you never see pictures of the, the backside of the moon. There might be buildings back there, for yeah, all we know. Dana, that could be where the little green men are. Could be. The, they might the, not grays, be the grays might be on the moon. Yeah, who said they're up? You know, you always talk about Mars. I mean, maybe they're just on the moon. That's how they get down here well, so easy. It, it could be a stopping off point before they hit See? the beach. Absolutely. That the moon for them is like a Bucky's. That's mm. where they stop and grab a bite <laughs> to eat or something before they head down here. All right. So... Ben, you remember when you came out to Vegas and we all hung out at Fremont? Yes. Have you heard what's going on down at Fremont recently? I have not. No. What's going on? We've had, there's been several shootings down there and assaults constantly. It is now where on the weekends, there are metal detectors everywhere. You can't even get onto Fremont. They said they're going to put them at the entrances. But I don't get it. You're only doing it on the weekends? Because they weekends should be doing are that so, 24-7. Well, weekends are so crowded that metal detector, bag checks, no one under 21 allowed down there at all on the weekends. I know they were talking about a curfew down there. It's gotten so dangerous. Dane, Dane and I have been there, and it yep. is nothing like... When Ben came here, it was around Halloween. Because mm-hmm. I remember me and yeah. Ben getting our picture taken with these devils or something out there and Buford T justice. Yeah. Smokey and the band. Yes. Yeah. And some girls with big feathers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Those are the Vegas show girls. <laughs> yeah. And, and now it's changed so much. We've been down there and it actually feels dangerous. We don't go down there anymore. Mm-mm. It actually feels dangerous we went down there twice the whole time that we've been in Vegas. And, um, because you didn't feel safe. No. Well, one thing you never saw any cops. Yeah, now so they how, say they they're increasing tripling the, the amount of uh, law enforcement down there because they have to now because there's so many assaults and things. Well, so. I know one person died. Yeah, you get shot down there. And finally, Dana, this one was just for you. I wanted to pass this along. Ben can chime in. A, a woman from Maryland, she was given six uh, scratch-off tickets. 
as a present, you know how you do mm-hmm. you give people. We like always Christmas say, or birthday. Yeah, that type of thing. It was her birthday. She won thirty thousand dollars. Oh on wow! Scratch off on a three dollar scratch off ticket, and then one player won fifty thousand dollars. He rode in an Uber, and the Uber driver was nice, so he recognized his license plate number, and he played those numbers in Kino, and won fifty thousand dollars that night. And one exact 65-year-old won a million dollars following a twist of fate. She buys a ticket for a game she always plays, but they were out of that one. So she just said, ah, crap, just give me one of those. And uh, she won $1 million. She took $693,000 in a lump sum. Oh, wow. Ben, do you ever play the lottery down there? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't play, I don't play the uh, pick six numbers and stuff like that. I just buy lottery tickets. Generally, so we've got a fifty dollars scratch off ticket down here now. So, really, jeez, I thought, jeez, I thought, I thought, I thought yeah, is yeah nice I thought twenty went. or thirty dollars. No, we got fifty dollars scratch off now. So, but you can scratch off a lot of money. With, well, I was going to say, what's the um, jackpot gotta, on that one? Like big. ten million or something? It's way up there. I can't remember. I don't want to lie, so I won't have say you, a number. Have but you bought big. one? Yeah, I bought a couple for my wife um, a while back. So I. Went and bought two tickets, hundred bucks, Did and she, win? she scratched some boat. She got her hundred dollars back. Oh, well, that's, that's good. Uh, so the odds must be pretty good on those. Fifty. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you play the thirty dollar, what what I know about the Florida lottery is, if you play play the the twenty dollar, thirty dollar, or the fifty dollar tickets. The ones, uh, fives and tens, you're just pissing your money away. I'm going to tell you what. We lived in Alabama, and we used to drive down just across the line Mm -hmm. into Florida. And I'm going to tell you what. That Florida lottery was rough to us. I know people say they win, but we honestly would get bored in Alabama because there ain't no gambling in Alabama. And we drive down to Florida, and we we bought five and $600 worth of $30 tickets. And ended up winning like thirty dollars total. So Florida, the Florida lottery is is a hard lottery to win any money on. Anyways, I mean, yeah. and you're you're right, you're right, you're lucky if you you win anything in the Florida lottery. But if you're if you're lucky, I mean, you play a higher denomination. You like I just I just got a couple lottery tickets for um, Father's Day, and um, I scratched them off and. And I think I won $50, $52 or something. Yeah. So it was $50 one ticket, $2 on another ticket. But but um, I think it was $30. I think it was a $30 scratch off that I won that on. But Yeah. We did not know. have good luck in, on those Florida tickets. Huh? It, it's one of these deals where, and I'm sure you've done this, you buy these tickets where they have all these different multipliers. And we would be on a, a $20 ticket and get a 20-time multiplier. And we're thinking, oh, this is it. This is it. We've won. And you scratch it off. Every $2 single. multiplier. Right. It'll be a dollar. And you'll win $20. The uh-huh. ticket costs 20 You're like, yep. what a ripoff. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, Florida lottery is not all that great. But, uh, you know, we play it from we play it from time to time. I typically don't play the uh, the big lotto too much. So We don't buy too many of those. And now Nevada is also a state that has no lottery. You know, they don't want you spending your money on a lottery here. It's all casinos here. So we have to drive over to California from here. And every now and then we'll buy those just uh, just praying we can win millions and millions of dollars. But obviously here we are doing so a podcast. 
Yeah, so Mississippi is not going to be too far from uh, your new home, right? Right. Well, Louisiana has a lottery, too. No, I'm talking about casinos. Louisiana has them. Oh, they do. Yeah, they got oh, them. Wow. they're on the Mississippi River. So Louisiana's got several casinos. To everybody that doesn't know, I think we've announced it before. We'll tell you, like, this is our final show we're doing in Vegas itself. Because we hit the road this week, and we're heading for Louisiana. And, uh, Ben, now, once we get to Louisiana, now, we, we've got to meet up, at least in Biloxi, somewhere along there. And... uh have us a night of gambling. Bring me a $50 scratch-off ticket when you come. That's a bet. I'll do it. I'll bring a $50 for each of you. But, but uh, yeah, my wife is already already talking to me about taking her somewhere for a couple of days. So that sounds good. But we'll have to work out the date and all that. Yeah, so. we'll get that. We're done. And, I mean, we're going to bring the podcast equipment. We're going to go live. We're going we're gonna to do it with you sitting there. You're going to get to be right in the room with us. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll scratch oh, the – we're going to do a – podcast we all just sit there scratching off tickets that'll be a good one scratch a ticket so yeah that'll be fine fine with me maybe we'll get lucky and win something oh that w- would be- wouldn't that be good that'll be the last podcast <laughs> if we win a million dollars ben it'll be the last podcast we're retiring and we're gonna split it and everybody's gonna enjoy ben's gonna head off oh. to- ben's gonna head off to tennessee somewhere I don't know if we're going to get out of Florida or not. I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens, you know. So, about six years left to work. So, six more years of work, Dana. He's working to sixty. What to sixty-two, sixty-five? What are you making it to? I'll be, I'll be sixty-three, and Pam will be fifty-seven. There you go, Dana. You're you're just in your forties. Well, you got another twenty years to go. Can you believe that? I'll probably be working until I'm dead. Oh, well, there you go. That's unless, unless this podcast can do something or uh, it's, or my $50 scratch-off ticket. If you're counting on this podcast for your retirement, <laughs> you're, you're in bad shape. Hey, if nothing else, we'll just keep talking and see what happens. So, Ben, we appreciate you joining us again today. The next time we talk to you, we will be in Louisiana. All right. Well, I hope safe have a safe trip and uh you know be safe on the roads there's a lot of there's a lot of nuts out there and uh listen what old yep, truck driver steve said and, uh-huh. uh, that's what i was about to say at, yeah shake your fist and i'm like get your ass off the road yeah. <laughs> well ben we appreciate it and uh you know we'll we'll talk with you soon all right you guys have a, a wonderful evening and we'll talk to you later on we now want to welcome Brittany into the show hello Brittany. Hello, how are you guys? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Brittany is a nurse. We're going to have a couple of nurses on the show today. Mikey's coming up in a little while to talk about nursing in general and all the changes in nursing. Brittany is here to uh, talk about a new project, Birthing and Babes. Brittany, what is Birthing and Babes? So Birthing and Babes is actually an interview preparation course, and it's aimed at new graduate nurses who haven't had a nursing job before and really want to specialize in labor and delivery or neonatal intensive care. Okay, so you're graduating from school. You want to go into those two fields, one of those two fields. How is Birthing and Babes going to help me get there? How is it going to help me achieve my goal of getting there? So you can absolutely find... um, interview questions and their answers on Google, Um, but we're so much more than that. We can't just rely on generic interview answers. 
you got to know the insight into which qualities we're looking for for each area. So labor and delivery nurses and neonatal intensive care nurses in both areas were looking for two totally different things. Come on, Dana. You're you're our you're our nurse here in the studio. You have no no I, questions. Well, uh, no, I, I I'm just I was sitting here listening, and I'm like, am I supposed to act like? Yeah, I'm okay. Part Let me be fair disclosure here. Yes, fair disclosure <laughs> that that if you because if you go to the website birthingandbabes.com, you're going to hear this little Dana squeaky voice. Up on there, there is one thing. You, there is one thing she said that was so funny. What was it? It was a question you asked her. <laughs> I did. It was funny, Brittany. Well, how do we prep? How do we prep? <laughs> how do we prep? <laughs> I'm not trying to give away all the stuff you're going to learn, but but Dana is part of the program. Yes. But we we joke about it. But the reason Dana and Brittany are doing this, first of all, Brittany is nurse manager in labor and delivery, right? Right. Dana nurse manager in a neonatal intensive care unit they're not just somebody just coming up with this stuff they actually live this life they actually receive resumes of people that want to work in those departments that's how they can tell you what the nurse managers are looking for because they probably could tell us stories i think they do tell some stories in this program of people that just didn't have a shot in hell of getting the job. And they'll explain to Absolutely. you why. Right. You're going to explain why. I mean, if you want to get the job, you got to do the right things. Birthingandbabes.com is going to help you do that. We'll help you create create meaningful responses that um, your nurse managers are really going to really going to like. Right. Okay. So it's birthingandbabes.com, right? That's how they get to it. Absolutely. And then you'll just click enroll and we'll get you right into our program. Now, when you're doing it, is it just, is it all online or do they, do they, do they ever actually speak with you or Zoom or whatever, you know, whatever we're doing? So we offer just kind of like a basic e-course to kind of get your feet wet. We'll just go over interview basics and it's at your own pace. You can go through it as quickly or as slowly as you want to. You have some assignments and things you need to turn in. We actually look over a cover letter and resume with you um, and give you feedback on what you need to change or what could be better. Then we do a live Zoom session where we actually cover these commonly asked interview questions. And we tell you why we want to hear certain things, why we're not looking for certain things that you think we might want to hear, um, and how to tailor your interview to that specialty and what they're looking for in that position. Okay, perfect. It is birthing and babes. Dot com. Now, is it? I know this is brand new. Is it up and running? It is up and running and live. Wow! All right, and how many people can do it? Uh, you know, is it is it unlimited, or are you limited in the amount of people that can sign up? We're limiting to hundred spots a month. So, if you're wanting to get in, you need to go ahead and get your slot now. There you go, and it's real easy to do. Birthingandbabes.com. This is for those. I guess it's not really just new graduates. So you could have been a nurse forever, but if you're applying to one of those departments, this this could help you too. 
very helpful for those nurses who are transitioning into labor and delivery or NICU. Brittany, we appreciate it. But before you leave, there is something, and, and I don't know what your answer is going to be. Could we ask this to every single guest that comes on just because, hey, <laughs> we just want to get an opinion. This is no joke. So far, every single person has pretty much given the same answer. We're going to see if you follow along. Can you name three good things Joe Biden has done since getting in office? <laughs> okay, there you go. Same, that's the same answer as everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. He, he did fall off a bike. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, I know. Goodness. <laughs> that was, that was, he has given us a lot of entertainment. He, he shakes hands with the yeah. air, and, yep. you know, so... True. And let me explain to the listeners, we don't we don't let anybody know we're going to ask this in advance. I mean, so we like to get a real reaction. <laughs> and so far, every single guest we've had on, when I ask that question, it's crickets. Uh-huh. They, they, it's I can silent. see their minds yep. sitting there thinking, oh, God, what has he done? Well, I was trying to think like three, like maybe I could get one out, but three. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Do you even know one? <laughs> no, <not> really. <laughs> there you go. Brittany, we we really do appreciate you being on. It is birthingandbabes.com. And we wish y'all luck with that. It's it's new. It's gonna be helpful for somebody. It, it's it's gonna cost you a little bit, but what you spend to get this knowledge is nothing compared to how it's gonna work out for you. Absolutely. You can make that money back in one shift. There you go. There you go. All right, Brittany, thank you. Thanks, Brittany. We now want to welcome Nurse Michael into the show. Welcome, Michael. Hi, thanks for having me. Michael, what we want to talk about today, Dana, Dana, we all know Dana's a nurse. Dana is is always telling me how nursing has changed over the years, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. Now, just so everybody knows, we know Nurse Michael personally. Yes, we do. We all went out to eat the other day, and that's how... We heard his stories compared to Dana, and we thought, you know, some of these things are things that people would like to hear, would like to know. I mean, because nurses don't seem to be treated with the respect that they used to be. Michael, what is your opinion? Um, I, I would tend to agree with that that statement. Over the time uh, that I've been a nurse, uh, I remember when I first started, nursing was really fun. You know, it, it was like uh, working at the working with a family at home, you know, right. and uh, it was always welcoming and, and you felt like uh, you were respected and, and the profession was really fulfilling. Right. You know? And uh, over the years, uh, I've noticed, um, you know, progressive changes. And uh, I've also noticed, uh, you know, changes that uh, weren't so, hmm, uh, changes weren't very good. The last show we did, we had a cop on. And he was explaining to us how things have changed over the years, how cops used to be respected, and now they get no respect at all. And we were thinking about it, and it's like it's the same thing with nurses. And I think maybe some people don't realize, you know, yeah, you're laid up in the hospital and you have a doctor, but what does he do? Come by once or twice a day? Who does all the work for you? Um, Well, the nurses actually do most of the work. Uh, We are at the patient's bedside. Um, literally 24 hours a day, seven right. days a week. Uh, physicians come by, I would say, spend about maybe five to 10 minutes with the patients and they're gone. Right. And that's kind of um, what we're talking about is like nurses aren't getting the respect that they deserve because, and I've seen videos, I'm not a nurse, so I'm not in that situation, but I read enough and I research enough to know that sometimes people treat the nurses like crap. 
Yeah, uh, I, we did notice um, over the years that, uh, you know, the patient's uh, behavior towards the nurses have uh, changed uh, quite dramatically. I remember when I first started, the patients would be very thankful, you know, they would be very kind, you know, to the nurses, the family members would be thankful and um, really grateful for the care that was provided. But now patients uh, have become pretty much entitled. Uh, and this is because the, the administration allowed uh, for some of these um, these changes to take place. You know, patients have rights. We know that. Right. And uh, we respect that. However, the, the rights, it, it slowly creeps into how the nurses are treated. Patients believe that because the, the administration is on their side, um, that they can treat nurses like, you know, like subhuman beings. Right like slaves or servants, you know, rather than professionals. Right. And, and is, um, let me ask you this. The administration mm-hmm. that you're talking about, is it is normally going to be on the patient's side? I mean, is that, it's all about satisfaction, isn't it? Patient satisfaction. Well, yes. yes, yes, it is about patient satisfaction. And um, the administration, because, you know, they're always taking the patient's sides, um, the nurses have had to adapt you know, to to this uh, to this progressive change. And, you know, it has been very difficult. Right. Um, like, for instance, the nurses get uh, get spoken to like, um, you know, like I say, subpar humans. Uh, we get treated like servants or slaves. Uh, the patients uh, literally sometimes just curse us out. You know, and this is because, um, you know, they they lack care in certain areas. And an example of this would be like if a physician forgets to, uh, let's say, just add a simple medication on the patient's medications list and the nurse takes over the shift from day to night, the patient would get very irate and start yelling and cursing at the nurse. And, you know, we can't make changes to the medication roster to satisfy the client. And the client won't understand this. You know, they, they just understand that they spoke to the doctor. It wasn't done. Um, and the nurses get treated different than the physicians. You know, when the physician is there in front of the patient, the patient is very respectful. When the nurses are caring for the patient now, we are just being uh, treated really bad. Uh, you know, some of the examples that I can cite would be, you know, the patients talk down to us. They tell us that uh, you are here to serve me. Um, the customer is always right. The administration would hear from them about us, you know, not not being able to give them what they want. Pretty much they tell us we're there to do whatever they need. We're, we're just supposed to uh, be at their every beck and call. Um, they don't understand that we have uh, a higher census. You know, they don't understand that uh, the administration has increased the, the patient ratio, which decreases our ability to meet the patient's need. And when you're a little behind and you're behind because you have so many patients, these patients Mm -hmm. are going to take it out on you. Yes. The frustration is taken out on the nurses because we're always at the bedside. Is it all about money, nursing or the hospital? Yes. The hospital's bottom line is always about, um, you know, making making it uh, what they call the green line or making uh, good on their budget. Right. Right. And of course, if you can increase uh, the, the patient load on a nurse and uh, decrease the, the amount of workers you have, you would actually make a high profit every day. But um, that hasn't really been uh, very good for the, the nurses that are working. 
you know, the pressure is high. Um, the, the chances of making mistakes are very high. The, the patient satisfaction will definitely decrease. Studies haven't showed that, uh, that increasing the patient load will increase patient satisfaction. So it is about the, the, the bottom line, the, the, uh, the right. good old American dollar. The nurses are the face and the, the blood, sweat, and tears of the hospital. Right. And the patients uh, that we care for, we go above and beyond to, to do everything for them, even with the increased load and pressure that has been placed upon us. There has been no change or no appreciation for the hard work that goes into caring for these sick patients. You know, what happened to mm-hmm. patients come in and, and your job, it, it seems to have changed where your job used to be to make them comfortable, make them well, get them out, everybody's healthy. And what happened to that? I mean, that just seems to, it's more like now it's more about make them comfortable, make this like a Hilton, make it as comfortable for the entire family. Aren't we still trying when to right? make them well? Yes, we are still trying to keep everybody well and healthy and alive. However, the whole um, the model that they wanted to that they wanted us to um, that they wanted us to show it's not possible. You know, you cannot um, expect us to be like uh, like uh, the Marriott. You right. know, we cannot give that type of service when our load has increased such. And you're um, there. You're actually there to help them. They're in the hospital. There's something wrong. I mean, really. I mean, I, it would seem like your job would be to, you know, help get them back on their feet. That should be priority. Yes, and we do. We do. And that is the bottom line for us as nurses. Um, we do what we have to do. Right. You know, it's, it's just a matter of medicating the patients, carrying out tasks, making sure that the patients are safe and alive at the end of our shift. Well, that sounds um, like what a nurse would think, but is that the way administration looks at it? Because they want you to keep them alive and Give them that Marriott experience. The, the nurses really do try. In fact, uh, my team of nurses that I have, we actually go above and beyond, right. right? But that extra effort that we're putting out, it's burning us out and it's stretching us thin. When, it, when the ratio was four to one, everything was possible. You know, we can make them comfortable. We can meet their every need. We can take care of them safely and still get them out um, healthier than when they came in. Right. But now the, the whole idea of, of meeting their every expectation, that has a, a, a strain on both the patient and the nurses, you know, because when you're handling seven to one now, your ability to, to behave like the Marriott has now greatly declined, you know, and you have, to, you have to focus on the priorities of the patient, which is medicating, keeping them alive, running the, the medical tests that's necessary, and getting them out. And you have to, at the same time with all this going on, you have to make sure you make zero mistakes. So between the two of you then, for patients, what would you want those patients in the hospital to know? How, what did they need to know? How do they need to treat the nurses? You know, what is it? But as nurses, what do you want from the patient? I, I believe nurses want the patients to respect them more. You know, um, don't feel so entitled, but be grateful that you, you have a healthcare system that's, that's there to care for you. You know, I, I always tell my patients, you are so lucky, you know, that uh, especially the ones that come in and they're, they're super entitled and they feel like uh, you're their servant rather than a medical professional. Um, treat us like professionals. You know, we, we work hard and we, we care about our patients. We deserve respect. 
you know, the nurses especially, you know, we have our, our nurses aides, our nurses, our, our housekeeping staff that are severely short and we still manage to, to provide full medical attention and meet most of the needs that are, that are highly necessary. And we prioritize these needs as the patients make them uh, make, make the staff aware aware of. And, uh, you know, what we are asking is that they simply understand that there is a nursing shortage. There is a staff shortage in the hospital and the nurses are working through extraneous circumstances to to uh, really make sure that the patient experience is a good one. You know, so please respect your nurses. Well, you know what? Well, we appreciate Dana, we appreciate what you do. Nurse Michael, we appreciate what you do. I mean, the experiences I've had when I happened in the hospital, my nurses were really good. And I was nice to them, wasn't I, Dana? Except that one, that time they wouldn't bring me my pain pill, you know. <laughs> that, that, she pissed me off a little bit, but I mean, but it's okay. And then, as I was telling the other day, you know, then they pushed me out into the hallway. They were pushing me to surgery. And there she came down the hallway and she looked at me and she said, oh, I forgot to get you your pain med. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Excuse you were me. probably like, there's probably six others that she was trying to give pain meds to. But I didn't give her a hard time about it. No. I mean, we joked about it and I went on to surgery and, you know, so, you know what? Take care of your nurses. It's, it's odd that you say, like when the doctor comes in, they're all respectful to him. But he's, he's in and out real quick. It's that nurse that's going to take care of you for 12 hours. Yeah, I think people just, um, they're just, like he said, they're entitled and... You don't yeah. want to say it, but they're selfish and lack of respect, lack of respect for nurses nowadays. And it's sad. It's actually a very sad situation. I know this has been a little different recently in the NICU, but, um, you know, we'll have an example of a mom that's exclusively breastfeeding and the kid's glucose is like 10 and, you know, you need sugar. That's how your brain functions. Um and we'll have to ask, can we put in an IV? And there are times that these parents are like, no, they don't They don't want an IV in their kid. But you have to go through and explain over and over the benefits and what we're doing is going to be harmful if we don't do this to give your baby some sugar. They're just very um, strong-willed, I guess. They, they decide what they want for their child. And but since when do we let patients decide their treatment? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, again, this goes back to administration. You know, uh, in some cases, we we do want the patients to actually be proactive in their treatments, and and for the most part, we want all family members, all patients, to be interactive when it comes to their care. That's that's actually part of the nursing model that we that we include the patient in the the medical care decisions that um, that that pertains to their health. However, um, we have patients that will dictate to the nurse. Let's say the doctor prescribes um, Tylenol, uh, 650 milligrams, and it's two tablets. The patient will tell the nurse, just give me one, okay? Uh, I just want one of this, and uh, I don't want that antibiotic today. I'll take it tomorrow. And, you know, they, they change the parameters on the nurse at the last minute, and this makes it very difficult for us to render uh, safe medical care to the patient. Um, this entitlement phase of the patient now, it's where the, the, the situation gets a little hairy. Basically, what happens is the patient puts their health in jeopardy when they decide um, they're going to not do this uh, particular treatment. They're going to alter the time, alter the dose, you know, and 
the nurse is left with uh, a patient that's non-compliant, right? And the only thing we can do at that point is document it and let the patient know that this is not safe for their care and their de the decisions were made by their physician um, to deliver uh, such medication and such a, a dose to make it safe and therapeutic. The entitlement gets in the way of the patient's uh, medical health. And this is what we want the patients to understand. And patients are not medical doctors. They should respect the decision of their physician and respect the fact that the nurses are there to carry out these decisions made by both the decision and patient at the time the, the conversation is, um, is had between the, the physician and client. And administration shouldn't get in the way and say, oh, the patient is always right, the customer is always right, because in the medical practice, the client is not always right all the time. Right. I mean, I can I can see that. I mean, the patient maybe has a say in everything because it's their body. I mean, you're you're working on them, but it's the doctor who went to school for all those years. It's the nurses mm -hmm. that went to school for all those years. Well, that's why you may have an opinion and a thought on something. These are the experts. I mean, and they're not they're not they're just to poke and prod you. They're actually trying to get you well. I mean, just listen to them. I mean, they're not. They're not trying to hurt you. Well, that's what I was trying. That was the point I was trying to make about the babies, you know, with the, the parents, you know, making mm -hmm. the ultimate decision whether we can start an IV or not for their baby. They didn't ask me if they could start an IV in me when I was in the hospital. They just said, <laughs> hold your arm out. <laughs> I, but, but here's the thing. But I trusted them that they were about to do something I needed. I, I don't need to question it. The doctor wanted to do this. Let's do it. You're, you're the expert. I'm not. Nurse Michael. We really do appreciate you being on the show today and uh, appreciate everything you do. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Dana, for having me. All right. Now we want to welcome Jesse back into the show. Y'all know Jesse. Jesse's the one that promised us not long ago that she was going to go see that new Jurassic Park movie and she was going to give us a review. Yeah. What is the name of that? Jurassic World World Domination. <laughs> we, we, we haven't had time to go see any movies. That's why we're going to let Jesse. Tell us about it. But first, before we even get to that, Jesse, she's also, she's like the uh, sergeant, drill sergeant in this BT, BTS army. Yes. So tell us, what is going on? You've got more news on them. Uh, yeah, they, um, one of them went to Paris for the Sulan uh, fashion show. Right. Week, and it was Taehong and he went, he went there. So and they're, they're enjoying their time off. Oh, yeah, they're enjoying it. A couple of them have done new songs, like Suga did a song with PSY, That That. It's a good song. And do you know that one, Dana? Mm -mm. I do not know it. You're old. J-Hope came up with a song called uh, More, which just came out a couple days ago. And Jungkook came out with a song with Charlie Puth called Left and Right. Now, wait, I know Charlie Puth. He did that song, and uh, See You Again. Right? Yeah. See, yes, I do know, Dana. And I'm the old person here. So can you understand mm -hmm. these songs? Are they in English? Or? Oh, yeah. mm, like one of them is in English. The other two, you might have to read a little bit on. You need to look at the lyrics in case you don't know Korean. And I don't. barely know English. So they are still apart, though. They're not recording together. They're doing their own separate things. They're doing their own separate things, but they're still a group. Yeah, we'll see. They actually put out not too long ago that they're going to be doing a group performance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure when it, they said it's going to be in the fall. I'm not sure when it'll be though. See y'all. Maybe she, a year. From now. She's she still believes they're going to get back <laughs> together, just like people believe the Beatles when they broke up. They're going to get back together. Yeah, watch and see. We got we got. It's just like the it's just like the Beatles. Hey, they're they're done. I know you don't and, believe that. You don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, I think they'll be back. Yeah, people are still saying the Beatles are going to be back together until three of them are now dead. And they're still not, you know, it's not going to happen. But it's okay. You got to believe. But you've been to the movies now. Yes. Is this Jurassic World, is it worth going to see? Because movies ain't cheap. Is this worth going to see? Um, Yeah, it's worth going to see. It's. Mm, not how I thought it was going to go, but... <laughs> she hesitated, Dana. When I said, so is this, when I said, is this worth going to see, she hesitated. You know what that means? It wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be. It's good, but it wasn't as scary as I was thinking it was going to be. I did jump a couple times, Well, but it wasn't like um, as focused on the dinosaurs as the previous movies were i would say so is it, so you it's wait not as for good? it to come out maybe on video i mean you can wait for it to be on netflix and then it might take for a while though just just from listening to you i mean and i'm just this i'm no psychiatrist dana but from what i hear she wasn't too thrilled with the movie yes well she said it didn't I mean, go as she thought it was gonna go she thought it was gonna be good well it's good but like it just different turn to what I was thinking. I said I, I like to go watch it again. And you, you want to watch? You want to watch it again? It yeah, to think about it more. Like you, you know, you watch movies like a couple of times to get the idea of what the storyline was. That's not us. That's for. not us, Dana. We watch it one time, and if we don't, it don't make sense. <laughs> we go, well, that was just stupid. I'm not watching that again. I've watched like Harry Potter like a thousand times, and every time I find something new. I have never seen the first Harry Potter movie. Well, you should go watch it. Is that something you would sit around and binge watch? Could I watch all of them back to back? Yeah, definitely. I know, I know nothing about um, Harry Potter except he's some little weird kid. He's a wizard with, with glasses. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? I don't know nothing about that. I know, can quote the characters in that movie. See, you've seen that movie too many times then, and we've never oh, seen yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Before they say the, say the lines of the actor, I could just quote them and be like, They're, The only movie nothing. I can do that to is uh, Chevy Chase Vacation. What's next on your movie list? What do you want to go see next? What is it? There's Elvis is coming out. Yeah, you got to go see yeah, Elvis. I want to hear. I would that, like to. I yeah. want to know if that thing is any good. Like, okay, we'll go. We'll see that one. And I tell you another one. When it does come out, this is just going to be a a funny movie. Is this Ken and Barbie thing that's coming out? Oh, I hadn't even seen that. I didn't even know that one was coming out. Yes, there's Ken and Barbie. The how could I know that? I don't know. <sighs> How about this? Do you know that in the first Jurassic Park, they, the little boy says a joke? Do you know what it, you know what it is? I have no idea. No, uh, I, no, I did see the first I one, though. I saw it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. When they're looking at those big, the omnivore dinosaurs, where they're sitting up in the tree, he said, tells the guy, well, do you know what to call a blind dinosaur? A blind dinosaur? What do you call it? I have no idea. Do you think you saw us? Okay. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> well, that's that's the way to wrap it up now. <laughs> 
Jesse, we appreciate it. All right, you're welcome. We'll, good we'll, talking to you. We'll get you back on again soon. Always good to have Jesse on the show. She's the young voice for the show. Keeping us up to date on movies and stuff because we don't get out very much, Dana. Well, that's kind of sad. But uh, thank you to Jesse for being on the show. We want to thank Nurse Michael for being on the show and talking about how nursing is now. We want to thank Nurse Brittany for being on the show today. And Nurse Dana. Of course, a lot of nurses on the show today. Well, you always have Nurse Dana. Well, thank you. And of course, to Ben. Ben, who's always on the show with us. And I know with Ben today, we kind of rambled on about all kind of things. But that's what the show's about. Just a little bit of everything. So we do that. Now, if you want to be on the show, you can. If you don't want to actually be on the show, but you have something you want to say, maybe you have an opinion to something we've talked about, just a thought. If you want to leave us a voicemail that says, um, y'all just don't buy the right tickets. I scratched off and won $50,000. Hey. Oh, we want to know that. We'd love to hear from you. It is real easy to leave a voicemail message for us. You don't even have to call us. Nope. All you do is go to our website, which hopefully you're there already. It is ourchatonline.com. On the right-hand side, there's a tab, whether you're on your phone or your computer, whatever, your tablet. Click that button. It says leave a voicemail. And there's a record button. And just tell us. That's all there is to it. Simple. And, and we'll put so you, easy. We'll put you on the podcast. We'll put your voice on the podcast with us. If you actually want to be on the podcast as a guest, let us know on there as well. That's a good mm-hmm. way to let us know. Just get on there and say, hey, guys, here's my phone number. My name is, and I want to talk about, and we'll do it. And we have our Facebook group. Facebook group. Join that because you can also let us know on there your thoughts and, and opinions. And you can share. We, we want, want more share members. And- share that thing everywhere. So, Those are the things you can do. You can listen to us at our chat online. You can listen to us at Spotify. You can listen to us at Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. We're everywhere. You can't get away from us. We are like nobodies in the world of podcasts. We know that. But what makes us different is just that. We're nobodies. That makes us different. We give you real thoughts and opinions. We tell you what we think about any and everything. And we sincerely do want to thank you for listening. We have listeners. We're looking at it the other day. We have listeners overseas. Brussels. Brussels, Belgium. Brussels, Belgium. If you're listening in Brussels, Belgium. And Japan. What do they speak in Brussels, Belgium? Is it English? Well, they must. If they're listening to us, they must understand English. But hello and thank you for listening in Brussels, Belgium. Yeah. Japan. Japan. Now, I think it was Osaka. Osaka. Japan is listening to us, or at least every now and then they're downloading our podcast. We appreciate it. And wherever you are, all over the United States. We really do thank you. We want to, you know, we really do want to tell you that. We're not just saying it. We thank you. Yes, we do. For listening into the podcast twice a week. We upload on Tuesday morning and Friday afternoon. But we really do want you to be a guest. No matter what you want to talk about. Did you see an alien? Are you a nurse? Uh, Are you a truck driver? Have you had an experience with the cops? Or something totally different? We don't care. We'll talk about it with you. So just go to our chat online. Click that little leave a voicemail button. And leave a voicemail for us. We, Dana and I, as we sit in Las Vegas to record today are about to leave as you've heard we're going to be heading for cajun country 
weird. We're heading down to Louisiana today, and we're going to be heading for Louisiana soon, within the next few days. So the next time we record, we'll either be on the road or in Louisiana. But nothing's going to change. We're going to keep doing it. Yes, we are. All right, Dana, you got anything to add before we wrap this thing up? No, I'm just looking forward to the next one. Y'all join us then. Thank you for listening to our chat online.